Okay, we're recording, baby. Um, you were talking about how stressed we are about work and how the oh world God. got back to work so aggressively, dear and readers. all of this involves drinking. <laughs> all your work involves drinking? Yes. So you know that I'm gig life, and so are you. Yeah. So one of my gigs, you know, is working for Larry Posner. I do love that gig. Can is I tell... he a hard boss? That's such a funny question. Is he a hard boss? Let me read you a text message he sent me. Thank God. I want. I love the inner workings of your and your father's work and personal life. He sent me this. I am sending lots of notes for the lecture. It includes this as a new slide. I will also see if I can learn how to attach this, but if it does not work perfectly on the first attempt... I will give up in frustration. If I do it correctly the first time, I will immediately forget the steps. So the second time will end in frustration. <laughs> you know, he knows himself. It is, like, really funny to see how angry he gets at computers and um, For the record, emails. is that him getting really angry? You, uh, I'm not <laughs> because often in the, I have a dad. He screams at the computer. Boss, often. love. Love that. Um, and is like, why aren't you doing what I'm telling you? <laughs> it's very, very intense. Because for somebody that can be under the most intense pressure in a courtroom setting and keep their shit together... An email, like, won't send, and he'll absolutely have a nervous breakdown. You know, <laughs> as someone who also works within computers and helping, you know, some older folks with computers, including my mom, their patience is really low. Their tolerance is really low. And and, and typically, though, I have patience for that because it has to be so crazy. Like, it truly has to be insane that, like they've seen the sweeping sort of introduction of technology into our lives that makes it easier, makes it, you know, better. However, there is something that makes me laugh so hard. I don't know what it is about older folks where I think they feel like, why isn't this working? And you're like, you didn't have a computer when you were a kid. Like, why are you so upset this email isn't sending or the Wi-Fi isn't working Mm -hmm. when this has not been a part of your life but for, like, the last 30 years. Like, you've lived more than half of your life without a computer, without email. Yet, why are you so mad when it's not sending? Like, this technology is arguably pretty new. Yeah, but I think it's because if you think about the way things used to be, everything felt more within your control. Like, a machine doing mm, something is not always yeah. the simplest because even though they like being able to send the email, it's like they can't tell what's going wrong when the email doesn't do the thing they expect it to do. Or like when they and get when a you, return to sender, they're like, oh, the address was incorrect. Yeah. Not enough exactly. postage. It's like explains to you the rest of the world works in this hands-on way. It's like I oh, still so find myself on occasion doing something physical, taking a physical note with a pen and paper because I'm frustrated by the way something is working on my computer. That that's a really I'm old good school point. Still, aren't you in some ways? Because we didn't totally. Oh, you know what? We're just different enough in age that no, I think no, you we grew were, up more no, with the internet than I did. 
Probably, but, like, I still was introduced to the internet, like, in junior high. Like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't something in elementary. Like, I remember in elementary school having the Big Mac, not the sandwich, but, or not the burger, a big, like, Mac computer and playing Frogger. Like, I remember, like, the green or, like, inputting data, like, in Word, but it was just, like, a black screen with green text. Do you remember how that looked? Mm -hmm. And it was like, what do you want to be? And I think I wrote like a star or like I used to want to be a pop star or ballet dancer. You wanted to be a pop star? When I was a kid, yeah. I wanted to be a singer pop star. Cool. I I watched a lot of behind the music too. Yeah. That whole Britney Spears choreography. Well, you know, it's not too late. It is. Yeah. I think it might be, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be a podcaster instead. (laughs) You're doing great. I'm doing great. I'm really proud of you. You're doing great, sweetie. Um, I think that's a really good point, but it is, it does make me laugh when, you know, I'm helping my mom and God love her. Sure, our dear readers feel the same way when you, I think it's the burden of the kids to help your parents with technology. Well, I charge mine. I charge mine in different ways. So I'll be like, I get my customer service voice on Mm -hmm. and this is what it sounds like. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to, do you see in the corner, there's like a little album area. Go ahead and click on that. You're super calm. You've used that voice with me when explaining technology stuff. And I with um, uh, editing software. I'm like, so what you're going to want to do is you're going to, do you see that little button? And is it doing this? No? Okay. Okay. Well, let's try. It's like, yeah, totally. That's (laughs) your. That's my customer It's great because it's got this, like, there's just no reason to panic and we're going to get through this. It's like your bedside technology. Your tech bedside My manner tech bedside is on manner point. Is really good, and I and it's like I mean I help my grandma when she you know I remember she had an iPad and I would call her and have to explain how to use her iPad, which is a real feat. Or I walked her through it and she like wrote down instructions on how to get to places. But yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I you know that I do have patience for, and I think it's also because. This is new. Like, I get frustrated by technology, and I've pretty much had it through the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine the introduction and now life that is tech. And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, peeps and creeps. Let me introduce you to a new true crime podcast, True Crime Creepers, where we talk about all the real life creeps from con artists to serial killers. I'm Kristen, the true crime fanatic who loves to tell these stories. And I'm Mogap, the true crime newbie who hasn't heard any of them. No, really. She's heard none of them. Hey! Ugh. I guess that's true. Each week, Kristen tells me a new case with excellent victim-centered storytelling. We laugh, we cry, we get scrunch face, but we always stay respectful of the victims and their story. While ruthlessly dragging criminals. Flaming them. (laughs) We've covered everything, from con artist Anna Delvey, a personal favorite of mine, to unsolved crimes like the Austin Yogurt Shop murders. With a five-star rating on iTunes, go check us out because we're probably that true crime podcast you've been looking for. You can find True Crime Creepers wherever you get your podcast. New episodes every Thursday. Bye, peeps and creeps. Hey, we're back. Or are we? Or are we talking from the past? Because we're super safe with Birdie. <laughs> Birdie, you guys. Birdie envisions a world where women can be safe, where they can uh, walk down the street and just uh, do their thing, not really worry about... Uh, 
Can I tell you something actually about Birdie? I was in Chicago with a friend and she had a really cute purple Birdie. They didn't have that color when I bought mine or Mm -hmm. my mom bought me mine for Christmas. It was this really cute lavender Birdie. And I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. Where'd you get it? She goes, my sister gave it to me. She goes, she had a really scary experience. This guy was fucking following her from the train, her sister. And she kept walking and this guy was still fucking following her. And she went up to this guy who was in her neighborhood who was, like, putting trash out. And she went up to him and she was like, can I please stand by you? There's a man following me. He's like, yes, come this way. After that happened to her, she bought a birdie. And she bought one for her sister. And she bought one for her whole family. That's so smart. Get a birdie for yourself. Get a birdie for your friend. Get a birdie for your daughter. And get a birdie for your son. I think, like, everybody can have a birdie. I carry mine on my bike so that if something happens, I just pull it. So smart. It sets off a strobe light. It has like a really loud noise. It's just going to, even if you never use it, which hopefully you are never going to use it, um, except at a weird sound rave or something. But if, totally. if, I hope you don't have to use it, but you're going to feel better if you have it. So get one today and use the promo code TDC10. You get 10% off. It's a no brainer. We love you. Stay safe and um, buy a birdie. So, dear readers, it is past Thanksgiving for you, but what you don't realize is it is pre-Halloween for us, and I gotta tell you guys, I don't know what I'm gonna be for Halloween. I'm really stuck in a rut of costumes. I don't know, I haven't gone to the store. I should have gone yesterday when I had all, you know, was free, but I was hungover and I wanted to watch Law and Order SVU, which I'm going to be honest with you. I just want to look up Law and Order SVU and then look at the case that it was actually based on and then do that case for you. Cause I really love that show where people like true crime. I like Law and Order SVU. I'm fucking obsessed with it. I, I, it's the easiest show for me to watch. I like Dateline. I like 20... I like you Dateline. Like it, you like true stories. I love SVU. Oh, that's that's true. You like fake stories. I like true stories. But they're based on real... I know Dick Wolf is like, these are not... But like, there was just in the new season, they did a, like a Matt Gates kind of version. Like a politician who gets busted. Like, they uh-huh. fictionalize a real life sort of stories. Uh-huh. Because the procedural, they have, I mean, they churn that show out as a well-fucking-oiled machine. Yeah. Did I ever tell you I used to say that if I didn't get on Law & Order SVU by the time I was 30, I would quit acting? Did you get on it? No, but I'm still here. I lied to myself and to everyone. And in fact... It's really interesting that was the goal. It was such a, it was a comedy goal. It was like a comedic goal. It was goal. a comedy goal. In fact, on my Twitter still to this day, it's like Carrie Ipema, future dead body on Lauren or SVU. And I had written a letter, in a public, like an open letter to Mariska Hargitay. And I was like, hey, Mariska, it's me, Carrie. I got to tell you, I love the work you do. I actually, and so I wrote this letter. It's somewhere on my computer. And I remember I, Brett and Brianna really liked it. And I was going to post it on Twitter. And like, my idea was, oh my God, I'd get like, They'd get back to her. I'd be a dead body. My dream would be realized. I did not send it. I was afraid. But that was, I I wanted to be a a dead body on Law & Order SVU. I'm going to say it again. I said it once. I'll say it before. There's still time. There's still time. Exactly. And and for me, I was like, why am I saying 30? Let's fight hard for that. Let's fight for that. Let's fight for that. I'm going to put some energy towards it. Thank you. Maybe we'll say by 40? By 40. By 40. By 40, we got eight years. We're ready to go. Let's do this thing. Let's fucking Let's fucking go. get you. How do you want to have died? I mean, beggars can't be choosers, but I'm just curious. 
Um, you know what I mean? Here's the thing. I would love to have died and then maybe have like a backstory, like maybe some like footage of me before the death, you know, some evidence. Oh, like, like that like would be you're fun. in a perfume shop, like and that's poison. Ooh, poison would oh, be fun. Oh, poison perfume? Poison sure. perfume. Why not? That's a great idea. I love that. I love, love, love that. Yeah. Our dear readers, are you Law and Order SVU fans? If so, um, Write to them and let them write know. Write to them you'd and let them really love to see Carrie Ipema as the next dead body. You'd love to see, see your favorite podcasting voice as a dead body. <laughs> I mean, <gasps> wait, that's that it. Great. We should wait. That's what actually I want to be on Law and Order SVU. I want to be a true crime comedy. I want to be a true crime comedy podcaster who gets, gets in murdered. too deep into a case and bothers Olivia. You want to be only murders in the building? I just finished it. Oh my god, how great is it? I finished that in Squid Game. Okay, very different energies. Very different. I'm done with both as well. I I think that they balance each other out. We I watched them one yes. after another, and yes, I was same. like, what a Wait, pendulum. Fucking same. What a ride, <laughs> right? So good. Um, I watched Squid Game first, and then Only Murders. Oh, I you did, did opposite. And I recommend your order, actually. Yeah, I think, you know, and maybe it's because everybody was, I mean, Squid Game has been all the rage, all the chat. To me, knowing that everybody died, it wasn't as, like, jarring. It was Hunger um, Games. Adult. It was Hunger Games mixed with Battle Royale, and it was like, we've seen this before, we yeah. understand it, and there were some fun new twists, if you can call it fun, which you can, because that's yeah. what, why you consume television. You're not like, this is a real learning experience for me well um, i also thought what was cool about squid game is like they were all anti-heroes like you were not rooting for one they person didn't make like, anyone they didn't make great. anyone perfect which i really liked yeah and how about that really bad acting in it from the uh vips <laughs> that was so odd I had to Google it, and when I went to Google it, I was so relieved because I went, why bad acting Squid Game? And, like, a bunch of articles popped up that were like, we know what you want to know. You want to know why the VIPs were so bad. And I'm like, yes. Because they were all English. They were all American, too. They Did- said that they got the script, and it was completely standalone. They had no idea what, like, what the rest of the show was. They only had the script. Of their scene. No. And then they also said that it was like translated twice or something. So the language to them sounded a little stilted. But I still feel like I, 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 it still left me some questions on line delivery choices. Uh, do you there have was one a lot that stands like, out? There was a lot of like, I do hope this year's game will be as fun as the last. Like they would like talk like that. And the other one would be like, I too hope so. And I'm like, I get that your l- language might have been a little stilted, but like, let it roll off the tongue, man. I feel like uh, maybe they were wearing masks, so they were really trying to over enunciate, but it really felt like robots were saying the words. I don't know. That, can I tell you, it didn't take me out as much because I was so obsessed with the game that they were watching. Like, that was so stressful. Mm-hmm. I just was like, oh, this is how the world views Americans. <laughs> Oh my god, I kind of thought that too. That's I get that. Actually, like this, like being like, I'm very arch, and I could not care for human life because I have millions of dollars. Yeah. To see the most dangerous game. It just felt so weird that they 
why is VIP acting so bad? That's really funny. Every it, a bunch of articles came out as soon as I googled it. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not crazy. I'm right? not alone. This was weird because the rest of the acting, the Korean actors are really, really. And the Pakistani actor, he's amazing. Oh. Like. Can I just, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. We're going to thank a few, a Patreons. couple. Patreon. All right. The first new Patreon subscriber I'd like to thank today mm-hmm. is Loretta. Loretta, Loretta, you joined Patreon. You killed it. You nailed it. Loretta nailing things left and right. She's got a nail gun. She don't even care. She'll nail you to the wall and she'll nail you to no, the floor. Jesus-y. And she's nailing Jesus-y. people everywhere. Oh. To do Jesus, is that what you said? All right, fine, moving on. <laughs> is it level? Because Loretta is lailing it. <laughs> Christina. Christina, Christina, do you know what I mean? What I mean is that you are the best. Ugh. You're the best, the best. I'm not even stressed when no, you uh-huh. become a Patreon. <laughs> rapping. I don't know. That was a rap, really? Yeah, I would call it a rap. Don't accuse me of that. A W-R-A-P, wrapped in goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Carrie, tell me a story. Um, No, it's your turn. Oh, By the way, you're listening to Truly. Darkly. Creepy. I'm Quinlan Posner. And I'm Carrie Abama, also known as Lamb. (laughs) I am Lamb. I'm going to tell you the story of Skinwalker Ranch today. Do you know the it? The name sounds like it's a scary movie. It does, totally. And you know what? I'm amazed that nobody's made this film. Well, they have. In the sense that there is a like a 10-part Hulu Whoa. people seri- docu-series on it. Can I tell you something? Did you watch it? No, I started it and you I... did a carry. I you pulled a carry. You're like, there's this docu-series. There's a bunch of information out there on this. I was and not interested because, in Because um, I stand by our lack of professionalism. Yeah. Patriotism? Nope. <laughs> not the word you're looking for. I think it's important to note that we don't need... We don't want to do a great job and... It's impossible to do a great job. We don't want to confuse you. We don't want to get yeah. too big for our britches. And yeah. we got to be clear. This is a podcast about... Book reports. Book reports and friendship. If you came for more than that, then you came to the wrong place. Please leave. Uh, Feel free to stay. Or also stay. Also just stay. Like, no one's looking. You, you can... This is, a, this is a naughty little pleasure, isn't it? <laughs> Are you? I don't know. This is a naughty little pleasure. <laughs> yes, this is a little pleasure. Oh, yeah, yeah, we have a naughty little pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and it's this podcast is so sexual. I'm sure you're gonna stay for that. Yeah. Bottom line. Was it me? I am lamb. <laughs> yeah. Was it that that did it in? I'm gonna tell you the story of Skinwalker Ranch as told to me by History.com, KSL, Wired, and Deseret News. Okay. Here's the deal. The ranch wasn't always Skinwalker Ranch. It was also called Sherman Ranch. Uh, Less scary. Because the Shermans bought it. Here's the deal. It's 512 acres. It's in Ballard, Utah. And the first people to own it were Terry and Gwen Sherman. Okay? Gwen, Utah native. Terry moved there from Arizona when he was 17 and they got the ranch so that they would have like a chill place to live with their family. They've got a teenage son and a 10 year old daughter at the time. And they're like, let's get away from it all. Live on this ranch. It's going to be peaceful. It's going to be rad. 
um, the ranch had been empty before they got there for seven years because there was a couple that lived there. The couple died. They bought the ranch, but they didn't move. The Shermans bought the ranch, but they didn't move on to it right away. They were like remodeling. Um, but they'd go to the land sometimes to visit I mean, they the have land. enough land where I think 512 acres seems like a lot to me. It's a fuckload, I think. Um, so they'd like walk the land. And at one point, Terry's walking around and sees a circular, uh, like squished mark. In like the a crop grass. circle? Totally. Okay. Like a crop circle. And he, but he's like, that's so weird, but also maybe there used to be a tree there and they moved it. That's kind of what it looks like it might be. You know what I mean? Okay. Like squished something was there and isn't there anymore. It's like a depression. Yes. Okay. In April of 95, they move, they've moved in now and they've been living there a little while. And it's an important day because their cow is giving birth. Oh, Totally a big day, day. right? Messy, exciting, nature vibes. We like to see it. Yeah. Um, But what Terry's about to see is anything but natural. That was my Keith. Yeah, Um, I I heard it. He sees uh, lights in their field. And he's like, what is that? Are those, like, maybe people are driving around four-wheelers? But we're so isolated. That's weird that someone would come up here to drive around. Who the heck could it be? And then suddenly the lights he's seen in the field fucking lift up. And they go so high, they're over the trees. They're like 50 feet in the air. And he like goes to get Gwen, but then they're gone. But then later Gwen sees her own weird lights that she says was coming out of something in the air. Like a... UFO. Yeah, sure. Helicopter. (laughs) She said it looked like headlights, but... They were a little ways away from the craft itself, and there was a red glowing thing, and it lit the whole side of the mountain up, like broad daylight. Whoa. That's wild, right? That's insane. So one dark night, Terry and his kid, his son, are driving around. On They're on the property, and they see another weird lighty object, and it's doing this thing where it what it felt like to him is that it saw them and dodged and hid. The like light? Saw, yes. Like saw them, some kind of craft with a light, yes. and it was like, there they are, oop, and like hid behind a <laughs> rocky ledge. Like, oops, peekaboo. So they crept up, hide and seek style, see it, and wave to it. And when they wave, the light flashed three times, almost like it was communicating back yeah totally like call and response and then it disappeared oh so they say that they've seen a few different ufos on the property basically they they classify them into three types that i'm gonna call small medium and large or you know, is this can, like a new typing system that you've just created? It small, is. If you have whimsy in your heart, you could maybe do Papa, Mama, Baby, UFO. I don't <laughs> How know. Heteronormative. Call it what you want. How heteronormative? <laughs> You're right. That was inappropriate. <laughs> that was hurtful. Uh, there, one was a small kind of shape, like a box one. One was forty feet long, and one was a fucking the size of a few football fields so we're talking oh. really a variety of sizes here okay? wow 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 okay they videotaped two of these sightings 
Like, this is happening on the regs, okay? One of the flying lights followed Gwen home once from work. No. Isn't that crazy? But maybe they were just like, listen, it's too dark, you need some light. Maybe. So, let's talk about auditory. One time, Terry's out in a field and hears male voices speaking in a weird language. Unrecognizable to him. Don't love that. He said the voices sound like they were coming from about 25 feet above him. Couldn't see a damn thing. Almost like they can go full invisible. And he's with his dogs and his dogs go completely nuts. Then there's the crop circle thing. They are finding... I guess what you call crop circles. I don't know what constitutes a crop circle, but is that just when there's a large patch of like grass grass flattened so it looks like something weird landed there? Yeah. I don't know what a crop circle. Well, I think a crop circle, if you were to take the word, it's just a circle within crops that is inexplicable. Okay. So this is, he's seen that, I guess. Some are big flat circles and some are series of like a bunch of triangles. It's weird. Um, And soon after they start seeing all these lights and crop circles, they find one of their cows dead. (gasps) Not one. To be clear, three total. Oh, Um, When they find the first one, they're like, this is so crazy. They find the first one. There's a hole right through the middle of its eye. And otherwise, it's completely untouched. Like, there's no blood anywhere. There's no evidence of any kind of predator, nothing. There's no human footprints, tire tracks. This cow is alone with just a hole through the center of its eye. And they're like, something fucking fishy is going on. And speaking of fishy, there's also a weird smell when they find the cow, like a chemically smell. And they're like, what the fuck is this? So later they find another dead cow. Oh, Jesus. Same thing, like a similar hole in the left eye, but additionally a six inch wide, one inch deep hole carved out of its rectum. Are you saying six inch deep, one inch wide or six inch wide? Like this and this. Is that helpful on a podcast, what I just did? Yeah, because I didn't believe you. It it sounded like it sounded... Anyway, no, you said it right the first time. Okay. Six inches wide, one inch inch deep, carved out of the cow's rectum? Yeah. Not a bite mark. And it's like a perfect circle. There's the same chemical smell. And then the cows just start disappearing completely. Just fucking disappearing. So, for example... They see a cow's footprints and they follow it to a field and they go to the field. And like right when it gets to the edge of a wooded area, the footprints just disappear and there's um, kind of broken twigs and branches around. And when they look up above where the footprints end, the trees look like they've been cut. Like, imagine, like, someone yeah, cut no. off the branches. Yeah. It's like, what I'm picturing is it feels like something had to, have like, come from above to take the cow. Whoa. And it's gone without a fucking trace. But this doesn't happen once. 
four fucking cows disappear just like this. Then they find this third and final dead cow, um, which is in a clump of trees. And the cow had been seen alive. Fucking get ready for this. Like five minutes earlier. And they find him dead. And he has the same rectum hole carved out and going all the way up into the cavity of the animal. There's no blood and it's snowing. There's no blood on the snow. There's no blood on the cow. No. How can that be? It can't. That's so weird. And there's broken branches above it. It doesn't make any sense. Like the cow thing, it's fucking with me. Also, Terry goes, these mutilators didn't take just any cows. They took the best ones. <laughs> you're Aww. like, that's fucked. That's but it does. Like, you're like, why is that happening? Whoa. So there's this, I, in reading these articles, they quote this guy who I'm not totally sure why they're like, we need to listen to this guy. His name's Joseph Junior Hicks, and he's a oh. retired junior high school teacher. Oh. Um, but he has investigated, I guess of his own accord, a lot of UFO sightings in um, that area since the 50s. And he says, you talk to a lot of people around here that at one time or another have seen something they can't explain. There's been a lot of cattle mutilations and a lot of them weren't reported. Several ranchers told me that when they had a mutilation, they called the authorities and the authorities couldn't do anything. So it was just a waste of time and effort. I'd estimate over 10% of the population of the Uintah Basin has seen something, Hicks said. And he said, I think that what's happening is that we're being visited from beings from another world or some other place. And I think primarily it's research and exploration. What I think is so funny is who's the first person who'd be like, so am I going to be the only one that says it? Aliens? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it feels like everybody's like, I think he's the guy that's like, you guys. Disappearing. It's and they're like, guys, there's only, you're saying there's, you know what it does feel like, though? The Shermans are like, we can't tell everyone that we think it's aliens. So let's just like put the, like, we let's have just these weird the holes from above. Let's disappearing. Just what do you think? Because you're like, we don't want to be the crazy they left people this note like, that said, I'm a UFO. Like, what could it possibly be? I'm an be? alien. What could it be, though? We're not sure. <laughs> so, are you ready to get even double scared? Uh-huh. Okay. This is wild. So, they also have seen a wolf that they say is like dire wolf, like three times the size of a wolf. Oh, dang. And Terry says he shot the wolf at close range. And it didn't seem to do anything. It didn't even seem to harm it. So this is where the the nickname Skinwalker Ranch comes in. According to Navajo legend, skinwalkers are like shapeshifters. Or they could be likened to werewolves because it's... That's kind of a way yeah. to shapeshift, right? And the thought is that there's some sort of evil being that can change itself into whatever it wants. So that's another angle that's feels separate Skin from the alien walkers. angle. Skinwalker. Totally scary name, right? Very scary. Knowing that context, it's very scary. So obviously, moving in, they thought this was their forever ranch. But it's proving tricky to live there. So after two years, they're like... We're going to sell it. And the 
buyer of it is this guy, Robert Bigelow, who is the founder of Budget Suites of America. He's also what the, deals. You know why he buys it? He's like a UFO yeah. enthusiast. You don't become the budget suites king of America without being without a little loving bit, without loving aliens and being <laughs> totally. like, what is it? I want. Well, I think it's like a part of his whole like ethos, right? He's like wants to create affordable housing and like you know places to vacation. And who's not? Who's the untapped market of vacationing? Aliens. aliens. He purchases the property for $200,000, which seems really cheap. I haven't seen the land, but um, sounds like a good deal. He's like, I'm going to put the headquarters of the National Institute of Discovery Science here, which is this like organization he that he founded. Um, it sounds super helpful, but I'm sure it's a little bit like passion project-y. That's what it seems like. Yeah. Um, but he hires all these researchers to be on the land and to do that, to research. And one of them says that they saw um, what they called a large humanoid creature spying on them from a tree. Humanoid? What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. A large humanoid. It's like, are you picturing... I'm just picturing a big alien. By the way, I just heard the other day that aliens are... It's an offensive term even for our extraterrestrial friends. Wait, say it again. Someone was like, I don't use the term alien because I think it's an offensive word and there should be extraterrestrials. Too long, though. ETs? ETs. I like ET. Okay. Um, so this creature in the tree, he says that it just lay there really, like, chill. Like, basically chilling <laughs> in the tree. And that it was just staring at them with, like, yellow, glowy <gasps> eyes. Like you last Halloween. Totally. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was you. Did it look like a snake that just ate a rat? Because then that was me last Halloween. Because that was you last Halloween. And I didn't know you went to Utah back in 95 just like that. But that's okay. They, of course, shoot a gun at it. Right. Smart. Yeah. When in doubt, shoot something. I think that's always a good uh, lesson. And it just disappears when they do that. And then they go try to walk over to the tree, see what's going on. And it left some tracks. And it it was... um, It looks like a foot with two claws on it. Like a sloth. Yeah. And then um, a, a marking that maybe was a tail behind it. So you're sort of like, what could that be? They said like the footmark almost almost looked like bird of prey or something. Or they said raptor. I like that. I, I like prefer that, was... that. I like sloth, actually. But it's so... Uh, the impact of the print was enough to make them think whatever it was was also, like, really heavy. Gotcha. Are there any photo evidence? Is there any photo evidence of any of these claims? Yeah, I think there's a bunch. Okay. Actually. Um, and then they wrote a book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, Science Confronts the Unexplained at a Remote Ranch in Utah. That's a long book title. <laughs> I have notes. <laughs> um, but, okay, here's what... I think there's some photographs. They are not able to get any concrete physical evidence of any of the stuff they say they're seeing. So I think Bigelow gets maybe tired of it. Anyway, in 2000, he's like, you know what? Forget this. Um, You know what? I gotta, I gotta. But no, to his credit, he's like, okay, he's like, forget this. This isn't working. But seven years after he says that, he gets a contract at the Pentagon 
What? For $22 million to study advanced aerial threats, including UFOs, basically. So he's like, I, I don't want you to get a picture of like, this is a guy that like reads a lot of alien books and everyone thinks he's a quack. Like, he he's knows what he's doing. Well... Or he's lying about it, but he got a $22 million contract. Somebody thinks he knows what he's doing. For the record, I want to be very clear. God, I'm sound like an old fogey. You don't think we should spend money on ETs? I do, but is this the guy who owns the Budget Inn and Suites? Is that the guy that we should be giving the $22 million to? He's a savvy businessman. That does not mean you're a scientist. I'm down to give it to the foundation, but you're Carrie. like, this guy got $22 million. The guy who started the budget in America's budget in and suites. Carrie, He's gonna you want to be a podcaster and you want to be a dead body on Law and Order. People have double dreams. Yeah. The skill set for both of those things are not tw- worth $22 million. Although I would love that paycheck. What? I'm not going to the government going, hi, it's me, Carrie. I have a podcast that I think you should fund because we really get to the nitty gritty of a Wikipedia article. <laughs> well, that's your mistake. That is. Okay, I'm going to set up yourself. a proposal. By the way, we should be supporting Dare to be arts. a double dreamer. That's you know, all. Here's what upsetting. It's what I've always said. Here's what's upsetting is we're spending all this money, $22 million, but we can't have like a national endowment of the arts. Like we can't have like. We, all right, now str- you're really looking we're at. We're struggling with. PBS? Like, come on. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. So the ranch is sold. (laughs) Again. The owner is like, I'm going to remain anonymous. Blocks all the roads to the ranch. That's rude. Puts up uh, cameras and stuff and trademarks the name. Skinwalker Ranch. That's right. And then the owner, I don't like. I don't like that a white man is trademarking. You know, I love that you knew right away it was a white man. I'm sorry. I'm color, tell I me, said is anonymous. It not, oh, it, is it? Is this person still anonymous? No. And are they a white man? Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> sorry, Gary's fired up today. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. So what did I do? I slept um, weird last night. It's a Utah real estate guy. And his name is Brandon Fugel. And oh. <laughs> he's the guy that bought the ranch. Consider me proven wrong. Not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he's the one that that helped start the, uh, the old TV show where they they've now have like a TV show that's a, I don't know, a 10-parter on, I think it's on Hulu. Oh, I started it. uh, And you put a bunch of researchers on there to be like, let's play with all this equipment and see why this ranch is a hotbed. To be totally clear, it seems like that whole area is a hotbed for UFO stuff. In 1993, there was a man and woman that were traveling together. Um, They were near a hurricane. And they saw a bunch of UFOs together. Like, a, well, that's a good question. Okay, so if it's a murder of crows and like a herd of cows and a gaggle of geese, what is a, a like a grouping of, what would you call it? Mm, that's a really good, I, that's a great one. An and, intrigue. An intrigue of UFOs. Wait, I really like, you thought about that already. No. You just came up with that? I just came it? up with that. Oh, I really like that. An intrigue of UFOs. That's good, right? A pandemonium? Too loud? Too loud. Okay. An intrigue we'll go with. An they intrigue see a full unknown. intrigue it's... of UFOs. Oh, that's so good. Cool. And they say that one of them was shaped like an egg and another one 
was shaped like a hot dog. And I'm like, maybe you guys were just really hungry. It's really weird that... The egg, I can understand. The egg, I, I get it, I get it, I the get it. The egg makes sense. The hot dog, it's like, does it have, like, a bun and, like, a hot... Like, is it, like, is there toppings on that wiener? Like, I'm like, are you guys is it a style hot dog? Is there pickle on it? Like, what's going on? They found similar footprints in the snow. Three-toed, creepy footprints. I thought it was two-toed. They find three-toed. Oh, well, maybe this one had an accident, the one that they saw earlier. Could have been. And maybe the gun shot off the other toe. Oh, good point. <laughs> <laughs> this is our job. Lots of people in Utah have seen UFOs. Um, there's a 16-year-old girl in Emory County that says she was abducted repeatedly by an alien with red glowing eyes. I don't love that there's a yellow glowing and a red glowing. It seems like we need to get our story straight. What about a green glowing, you know? Haven't heard of it. Most benevolent. I'm going to tell you about this guy, Paul Peterson. Um, In 1964, he was in Immigration Canyon, and he was leaving a friend's house early in the morning, and he saw a huge UFO, like, drop down and hover in the driveway of where he was, and a bunch of aliens, like, came to the window and looked out at him. And they asked him, not th- with words, but with, like, mind communication. Right. yeah. They were like, do you want to come with us? Um, or I should say, he said one individual's voice said that. Right. Yeah. And he answered just by thinking. Right, 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 right. And what he thought was... I can't leave. I have a wife and two children right. to take care of. Responsibilities. And he says that their response to that was, that's okay. That's really nice. And then they just went up and away. So these aliens understand consent, which is something that we, uh, we've, we've, ex- we've seen not a lot of evidence in the past about consent with an alien. But lots of alien evidence. So I'm going to tell you... Uh, this is one more what? little alien sighting thing, okay. which is that this guy, Ray Kelsey, um, this is actually in Wyoming in 1970. And those are not that close to Listen one another. To this, though. 250 other people were with him and saw a UFO above an oil rig that they were working by. And the rig later exploded. And he says that the people he worked for were like, don't report this event. Don't say anything about it. And that... He thought that this ship was taking something out of the ground. Maybe it was oil. Maybe it was something else. And he says that the ship was had lights and stuff, but was transparent, which fits with the idea that there were these voices coming right. from above when Terry was in his field. Um, I just wanted to read you those anecdotes because in my readings, they came up and I thought they were cool. Are they not cool? They're super cool. I mean, they're interesting. It could be. I just wonder what it is about Utah, right? And like Wyoming, like, what is it? Are they like, you know, we love the landscape. Like, this is a familiar. Well, I was thinking it might be also because it's like less populated. Like, could you imagine an alien spaceship like doing something in Manhattan? Yeah, feels like guys. We're having a hard time paying rent. Like, you can't do that. It's just too crowded. Also, like, it seems like. You, do you if you're going to suck up a cow to do experiments on it and then spit it back out, right. where are you going to do that? Utah seems like a good choice for that. Wow. I mean, also, I'm like, if they're from Mars, like, Utah has a lot of red rocks. Like, there's, like, a whole, you know, I mean, maybe the climate is something that's familiar to them, most reminiscent of home. 
Yeah. Um, so if you guys, I guess if you want to know more on this, it's not like I'm plugging it, but you can watch The Secret <laughs> of Skinwalker Ranch. Um, Quinn didn't love it. But there's, I think there's two seasons, 10 episodes each. All I'm saying is what I'd like wow. for them to make on this is a really good, concise, maybe two hour long doc. I don't want to watch 20 hours about Skinwalker Ranch. Someone posted something that was like a two and a half hour movie. I can't watch that. But watching like 10 episodes of Squid Game in one day, I was like, absolutely no sign me up. No problem. Totally. Wow. I mean, I, th- I do think there are there is life out in the universe. How can there not be? Like, we can't be by ourselves in the in the in space. Like, there's, there's no just way there's that we no are. It doesn't way. make any sense. So if we're not, then... Uh, you know what I just learned? Open your heart. The closest star to the sun, because in case you didn't know, the sun is a star. The closest sun to a star. Guess how long it takes light to travel to us here from that closest star? A year. Four years. Four years. And you can light speed. You can travel. Always looking at the past when we look into the sky. Always crazy. Really crazy. Like four years ago. So like from there, the light that that star is receiving from us is four years ago. Wow. So we're four years in the future compared to that star. Wackadoodle do. It's too much for my little pea-sized brain. Oh, totally. Thank you for telling that story. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, Carrie. Hey, Quinn. You know what's wild? What's wild? An art gallery named Wild. Ugh. It's an amazing art gallery, specifically featuring original artwork from Native Americans. Yeah, it's in Austin, Texas. And I don't know, I think art's a really cool gift with the holidays upon us. Buy something unique, buy something personal, buy something to support an important population in our country, which is Native Americans. I was on their website. It's www.wild, spelled W-Y-L-D, dot gallery. And I was checking out the art and there's some pretty rad stuff it's really cool there's a lot of different artwork on here it fits all different budgets and we want you to check it out in if you are in austin specifically or nearby texas i know we have listeners in texas you can make an appointment to go to the actual gallery and physically see some of this artwork and And for those of you not in austin hop on that website once again it's www.wild.gallery get on there and take a look it's really beautiful it's special and Let's support art. Come on. Come on. Who said humor had to be clean? Or buttoned up. (laughs) Or buttoned up for that matter. There's this amazing website called Smartass and Sass, and it's a subscription box made for people like you and me. I'm looking at this amazing necklace that's a cleaver that says, I'll cut you. I like the don't fuck up the table coasters. I think those would make really good gifts. I actually want that for my mom. Oh, yeah. I love that. For a big box, you can also subscribe and get a fun t-shirt and a bunch of snarky items for just $50. Um, I'm sorry, Quinn, 49.95. Oh, you're so right. Each of those boxes is going to have the shirt, 7 to 9 unique items. That's basically $90 for, as Carrie said, 49.95. Thanks, Carrie. Go to www.smartassandsass.com and use code DARK for 10% off your first subscription. Because this is like the perfect gift when you're like, all right, I got the big gift, but I'd like to give them something that'll make them laugh and smile and that'll surprise them. 
go to Smartass and Sass, use the code DARK for 10% off. It's going to be a blast. And we're back. <laughs> that was fun. That was a fun, that was a fun moment. Um, thank you to our sponsors. We love you. Um, okay, so I got this information. This is a recent story. I got this information from Washington Post, People, Daily Beast, The Independent, ABC 10, Oxygen, KTLA, um, your Central Valley. I don't know. I think it's .com. I don't know. We don't need to know. <laughs> so I'm going to tell this story. Um, it involves John Garish, who's 45 years old, and Ellen Chung, who is 30 years old. So before the pandemic, they were living in San Francisco. They're this really cute couple. John, he works for tech. He works for Snapchat. Ellen is currently working on her master's in family therapy. Like, they seem like a really sweet family before the pandemic and before they had a kid. They liked to DJ. They like went out in San Francisco. And then, and then they had a daughter, Miju. March 2020 comes, the pandemic happens and people are starting to work from home. And the two of them decide to move from San Francisco to Mariposa, California, which is about three hours away. And it's 40 miles from Yosemite. So their house is um, near the head of the Heights Cove Trail, which is a part of the Sierra National Forest. And like before in San Francisco, they were city people. When they moved out here, they became outdoors people. They like went on hikes. They were like active. They had a really cute dog, Osaki. And John is an experienced hiker. So at this time, it's August 15th, 2021. Really recent. Crazy recent. And um, John, Ellen, their one-year-old daughter at this point, Miju, and their dog, Osaki, all decide to go on a family hike. John, the night before, had looked up a trail that was near their house. It was like an eight-mile loop that he could drop the car off and they could go around. They bring their Camelback 85-ounce um, water pack. They bring formula for Miju, and they bring some snacks for the hike. But an eight-mile hike isn't... That's not crazy. That's not crazy at all. So they go on the hike... I wouldn't want to do it with a baby, to be clear. But no, that's but they have like a little carrier. They have a carrier yeah. for me to sit in, right? So the next morning, their nanny comes to their house and she knocks on the door and no one's home. She's like, that's, that's weird. She like waits a little bit. She waits. She's like, they're still not home. What's going on? Their car's gone. So she calls some friends and they're trying to get a hold of the family. And... They keep calling, and finally at 11 p.m. that night, they contact the police, and the family is officially listed as missing. So at 11 p.m., the police come over to their house, and they go to the trail where they knew they typically go to hike. They know they, they go look at nearby trails, and they find the family's car at 2 o'clock in the morning near the head of the trail. So they get a search and rescue team and they search the trail. And nine hours later, on August 17th, about one and a half miles away from their car in an area called Devil's Gulch on the Savage Lundy Trail near the Merced River, they find John sitting dead with Miju next to him dead, the dog next to him dead, and Ellen a little farther up. She is also dead. What? The whole family is dead. 
How, wait, how far did they get on the trail? They went like all the way around the loop and they were about 1.6 miles away from their car. What in the world? What in the world? There is... They're all wearing hiking clothes and the backpack carrier. There is no sign of violence, no physical injuries, nothing. Get out. The family, dead. They still have some water in their pack. (gasps) There is no suicide note, no trauma, no evidence that the deaths were intentional. No. They've just all been. It's like Dialtov Pass or something. So what you need to know is at one point during that day, the temperatures got to be 109 degrees. Ooh, that's really hot. It's really hot. But what's crazy is they have snacks, formula, and water in their pack. That aren't consumed. That aren't consumed. And you'd think if you were hot as fuck. You'd drink water. They were. They went... I mean, eight miles is a lot to go, and there is elevation and stuff, but the fact that the whole family, like including the dog are just lying dead is insane absolutely so there's just this mystery they're you're like, like what? even if one of them died from exhaustion or, or something or something it seems so improbable the entire family would get wiped by that and not make it that one more mile what in the world So at this point, the police come and they're like, oh, we have to be in hazmat suits. Like, we don't know what happened. Yeah, it feels like there's like a chemical spill. Yeah, they're like, what the fuck is going on? So they're like wearing hazmat suits and everything. And they're like, well, maybe it's... And then then the next day they like lifted the hazmat warning because they're like, there's no evidence of any toxic chemicals or anything like that. They're like, maybe it's a snake, but none of them had snake bites. The autopsy that they did on the whole family gave no conclusive results. No. And the toxicology report comes back. They did a tox screening. Negative. No prescription drugs. No other toxins. No alcohol. Nothing. The dog even has a necrop- uh, necropsy. Necropsy? I don't know. It's, what I think is it's that? an autopsy for the dog. Oh, I get it. Okay. The dog has a version of an autopsy. No conclusive evidence whatsoever. It's a mystery. So there are theories that are floating around. One is, was it carbon monoxide poisoning from a nearby mine? So when they were found, like I said, they first treated it like a hazmat scene, but it was lifted. And they're like, maybe carbon monoxide leaked and made them pass out. And that's what happened. But the nearest mine where there was carbon monoxide was three miles away. And they're outdoors. Like, there's no way, right? No fucking way. The other one was a couple days before, like a month before they died, there was the U.S. Forest Service had warned hikers not to drink from a nearby river, the Merced River, because it had toxic algae blooms. But they did a fucking tox screen. They did a tox screen. They tested the water in their bladder. It was totally clean. The water in their camelback was also tap water clean. And that was from a month ago, the algae blooms. Was it a lightning strike that killed four? They killed, I mean, no, no. No. Cyanide, no. There are drugs and alcohol, nope. Like I said before, 30 law enforcement agencies are investigating this death. They are scratching their head. There's no idea. Wow. 
until October 21st, 2021. What? They literally figured this out a hot second ago. Huh? A hot second ago. Wow. And by figured out, I'm skeptical of it. Okay. Figured okay. out. They said that John, Ellen, and Miju all died of hyperthermia and most likely dehydration. They had essentially a heat stroke. Everybody. Everybody. And the dog died from heat-related illness. Now, like I said, it was 109 degrees. The area that they were hiking in had little to no shade because there was a huge wildfire in 2018. So they were out in the sun. When they started the hike, it was like 75 degrees. And at the peak of the day, it was 109 degrees. It's not like they were hiking in 109 degrees the entire day, but still. For like an hour. They're in 109 degrees and it fucking kills everybody? Mm Mm-hmm. The human now, body cannot withstand 109 degrees for one hour. The county sheriff, who has been working in the county for 20 years, he said that this incident is the first case of hyperthermia death he's seen in 20 years. And everybody died. And everybody died, including the dog. Everybody died. Heat-related deaths are really hard to investigate. Like, you, there's not, I don't, yeah. they're not able to determine what, you know, caused the death. But these bodies were unharmed. There was no toxic. It reminds me of the... the like, he, it's heat stroke, essentially. It's heat stroke. Right? But it reminds me of the metal mask people, where it's like they're in this hot place and they just died. And there's no evidence of what the fuck happened. And they were a really cute couple and they were their friends talked to them as they were like loved by everybody they were super generous sweet and loving people and they were devoted to their daughter but there's no physical injury on any of their bodies they just all dropped dead wow it just sounds so crazy that it could be that it feels unfathomable like just i want to know like all the past temperatures of that area and all the past experiences of people. Like, have a lot of people gotten sick on hikes in that area? On Here's other what's so crazy to me. Is I just like... So, John is sitting and his daughter is next to him and his dog, dog is next to him. So, the three of them are together sitting and they're dead. And then Ellen's body was found a little ways up. Which is to say, I feel like maybe at some point she, like, went to go get help and maybe she died. But, like, the fact that all four of them died is insane. Is insane. Mm-hmm. Especially with the county sheriff saying that in the 20 years he's worked there, he hasn't experienced a hyperthermia death like this. It's called hyperthermia? Instead of hypothermia. It's hyperthermia. Oh, got it. Hyper. Right. So, like... In 20 years, he hasn't experienced this cause of death. And now it happened to four lives. All at once. They just drop dead. How fucking weird is that? Too crazy. Too weird. I can't imagine. And I think, like, two weeks ago, I mean... I don't think I'm alone in saying that I'm not satisfied with the cause of death because it seems so improbable, especially knowing that the sheriff is like, I've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. And especially because all of their bodies would have retained water differently, like for them to all expire at the same exact time. Like maybe, I, I don't, I actually don't know. That's the thing. It's like, and there's no determining, like, I, I guess I would, would, would be curious if like, 
who went first. Do you know what I mean? Or if they all just like died at the same time. But like because of their bodies, I don't think they were able to determine or they weren't they didn't share with the public about like time of death for each person. So it was like, did the kid like who died first and did they stay behind? Like you know, what it's so so strange and so sad. Like, it's what a heartbreaking dumb thing to happen. This family to just get wiped out by a hot day. It's yeah. really irritating. Yeah. You're like, really? And a one year that can happen? What's crazy to me though too is that they had water with them. The, yeah, but they hadn't drank yet. Oh my god. They had bottles of formula de- for, for me, Jew. Right. Like they had snacks. Like they had food. Wild. Did you hear about the hiker this week that I guess there was a hiker, I don't know where, I didn't totally read it, but was lost in the woods and was not answering the phone because it said like it was an unknown it was like possible spam unknown, but it was like it's like i don't have time for this spam but it was the, My car the authorities warranty, were trying it. to track him we're trying to call him to save him and he wasn't picking <laughs> up and later they were like why didn't you pick up he's like i didn't know the number i don't know <laughs> which by the way uh, my mom sent me this tip not that i go hiking often and after this story i will never, never go hiking again but my mom sent me this thing online where it was like, if you are ever lost and you and your phone's about to die, change your voicemail to say, hey, my name's Carrie, it's this date, and I am located at X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that, like, if someone calls your voicemail, especially when your phone's off, it gives That's you your most really up-to-date, thing to do. up-to-date information, which wow. is something that you can use for anything. That's such a good idea. Like, even, like, for you, it's, like, if you're, like, fuck, my phone's about to die. Matt needs to know where I am. The, whoever's Matt, calling Trader you. Joe's, aisle three. <laughs> Next to the frozen gnocchi. It's where I'll be for days. <laughs> Just for days by that gnocchi. I camp out there forever. Oh, I love Trader Joe's. Gnocchi adjacent. I'm gnocchi adjacent, frankly. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Thanks for telling that story. That's a I know real it was trip. short, but I, it was a little, uh, no, it's really interesting. And, uh, God, I just, I want to know more. And it sounds like there's not necessarily more to know. I was reading all these articles and, and again, it's like, I think also to like keeping the f- privacy of the family in mind and trying to maintain the investigation. But going through all of the possible causes of death, like weapons, knives, snake bites, cyanide, lightning, the fact that 30 law enforcement agencies were working together on this, right? Like the U.S. forest and also the toxic algae blooms, right? I mean, obviously they tested their urine, they tested their toxicology, it all came back negative, but that wouldn't be enough to kill you. Even if they did consume that water, that's Mm -hmm. not enough to kill you. You know, you'd get sick, but what's hard is they were a mile and a half from their car. So close. They were so close. <laughs> I don't understand it, and I'm and I am not satiated by the the explanation. The explanation, because yeah, I, I think, you. and I know I've repeated this like umpteenth times, but the fact that the sheriff was like, "This is not something we see," <laughs> to me is indicative that like even the sheriff is admitting. That it's fucking weird. It's off. Their poor family. Like, to lose them and their grand... Like, it's... Ugh, it's heartbreaking. This one-year-old little girl. Ugh. Completely. Anyway. 
that's the story of John Garrish and Ellen Chung. Well, thanks for sharing it. You're so welcome. Um, Do you have any bookkeeping things that we need to? No, I mean, I just... uh, All right, let's go. Dear readers, we love you. We'll talk to you later. Isn't that okay? I hope so. That sounds bad. It's like a wet cough. (laughs) It's not a microphone.